0: The farmhouse tap and grill.
1: I visited the farmhouse tonight, June 4th, while on a business trip to Burlington. It had been highly recommended. I arrived early and asked for a table for three. Though there was no wait for tables inside the restaurant, I was told I couldn't be seated until my full party of three arrived. The wait for an outside table was 30 minutes. One of the persons in our party arrived within a few minutes, but the hostess still made us wait. By then, we could have just had a drink in hand spending more money than just standing in the hallway waiting for a table. People started to arrive, and she gave away many of the inside tables during the first few minutes I was waiting When the third person arrived, she tried to place us at a bar-style high table, since all the nicer tables and booths available when I arrived had been given away. When I told her I preferred not to sit with my legs dangling, she was completely indifferent. It could have been due to a physical reason, but she never picked up on that. She told me she would give me another table in 30 to 40 minutes. When I protested that I was not able to sit at a tall table, she did not seem to care. She just turned her back on us and left us standing there uncomfortably with the waiter. She didn't care to make us comfortable and truly didn't care that we were upset that, though we could have been assigned a decent table five minutes earlier, she gave us the crap high table by the hostess stand. I understand that the policy is not to seat a party until it's complete, but that's more appropriate for larger parties, not when two of your three people are there and could be consuming your beverages and appetizers. I should have just said there were two of us. The problem I have is that the hostess was incredibly rude and immature. When I expressed my frustration at her and her behavior and showed that we were actually intending to leave the restaurant for another choice, She actually stuck her tongue out, which I caught because I happened to have turned around to ask for her manager. When I confronted her about having stuck her tongue out, she laughed and denied it. I asked to speak to the manager, and she told me there was none. Now, I'm not stupid. I know you can't serve alcohol without having a manager in the house. This hostess and the waiter both denied me the opportunity to speak to the manager. I felt I was getting angrier, so I left. She never apologized and never acted like our business was important to her or to the restaurant. Her behavior was so inconsistent with everything we've heard about this restaurant and what we have experienced here in Burlington. Too bad. I was looking forward to our meal. Your hostess represents the restaurant and its values. This young woman does a great disservice to you.
2: Welcome to the Food Feud podcast, where the question is not how good is this restaurant? Is this reviewer an asshole?
0: Restaurant Info
3: farmhouse tap and grill is located at 160 bank street in burlington vermont they're open monday through thursday from 11:30 a.m to 11 p.m friday from 11:30 a.m to midnight saturday from 11 a.m to midnight and sunday from 11 a.m to 11 p.m the farmhouse does not accept reservations there is street parking as well as a garage two blocks away the ambiance and attire of the farmhouse are casual Their main dining room offers a full bar featuring local beers. During the summer, there's a beer garden outside, which offers beers and a limited menu. In the winter, you can visit their parlor, which they describe as a subterranean speakeasy, where you can sit by the fire and enjoy a full bar, snacks, and small plates.
2: All right, Kevin and Melissa back with the Food Feud podcast, episode two of The Farmhouse in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, We have a review from Maria O. Um, an interesting review. Um, <laughs> what, t- tell me your thoughts.
3: I mean, I think the thing that sticks out about this review the most is yada, 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 yada. The hostess stuck her tongue out at her. <laughs> Which, allegedly, the hostess. Do you believe her? Stuck her tongue out at her. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I
2: think I do I too. actually
3: do kind of believe Maria. Oh, she she sets the stage pretty well for me to think that might have happened, especially because she was turned around walking out of the restaurant and then turned back and saw the hostess doing this.
2: So, my... uh, The general feeling I get of this review is um, if my friend wrote this review, I would think... uh, I would probably say something to them. Um, I do notice the the mention of a, of a, a physical reason uh, and perhaps like a, you know, a physical disability.
3: Well, um, she said it could have been due to a physical reason. I don't think she's saying that she actually had one.
2: But she has the line, it could have been due to a physical reason, but she never picked up on that, which makes me think there's a definite physical reason. Hmm. Um, so, uh, basically, when I read this, this is what I think. Um, this woman, things didn't go as this woman had planned and she was probably a little bit frustrated, which I, I understand. She doesn't seem to be like going crazy, but this is also like a busy restaurant. One that, you know, uh, I've never, I mean, we went there, I think the like minute they opened when we attended, um, and The dining room was pretty empty and like 10 minutes later it was packed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even the people we attended with, your wonderful parents, said something like, wow, this place really filled up. Yeah. So my guess is the hostess was trying to accommodate this person. And just it was like a general nonstop disagreement Yeah. that there was going to be, you know, occasionally in this world, like two reasonable people get in an argument. And I don't want to say either of these people was super reasonable, but I kind of understand the conflict.
3: Here's a question. Uh, the high top table that she was offered, are high tops objectively worse than booths or, or tables?
2: I think for certain issues it would be. Here's my thing. The, the hostess said that she would seat them at a different table just add an additional weight. So it's not like she was refused that service, which makes me, like, you know, if you have that needle bouncing back and forth, like, I'm feeling, like, right now, like, 60 on the side of the hostess and 40 on the side of the reviewer. And maybe that's even being generous to the reviewer. Like... Yeah. But, you know, I've read a lot crazier reviews in the last few days as well. I actually
3: kind of do think that the high tap is... Objectively worse.
2: Oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah.
3: But I can't really put my finger on why because it's not. I, I'm not that uncomfortable at high top. I guess I'm just aware that other people are.
2: I mean, we're sitting in stools right now. Where oh, yeah. high top stools and inside
3: scoop? We're sitting at stools <laughs> at our kitchen island.
2: We are, and uh, these are stools that like we spent. Uh, Hours looking at stools, and, and these were my favorite by far, and still, I would almost rather sit on, like, any chair that touches, the, like, where my feet touch the ground. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And there's a lot of tables of this kind, uh, of, of the high-top kind at that restaurant, so I wonder how often, they might deal with this pretty frequently.
2: Sure, yeah. Um, so, um, I guess our initial uh, feeling, and we'll talk more about this at the end, but, uh, we this one's not a, a home run either way for me. Yeah. Right now. Yeah.
3: I think one of my favorite parts of this is that on Yelp, uh, where this review is from, there's little icons at the bottom that you can give the person feedback if the <laughs> review was useful, funny, or cool. And I like how they she got one remark, and that is that it was a funny
2: Which was review. definitely not her intention.
3: No, I really don't think it was. But apparently this was funny to someone. Um, kudos to this lady for when she got angry leaving instead of making a scene. Yeah,
2: I thought that was, uh, the way it should be done. Yeah,
3: just take your business elsewhere. And, actually, this is kind of the purpose of Yelp, right? Like, if you have Mm -hmm. a really bad experience, especially if you're not able to talk to a manager, and you want to give other people... A word of warning, Mm -hmm. you go to these sites and you let people know what your experience was. I do think she was, like, a little self-righteous, but um, this is, I guess, like, the best way to channel that anger. So, all right, Maria. Okay.
2: Now, uh, I will say, maybe this review was marked funny because um, she has a lengthy thing about um, asking to speak with a manager and there not being a manager in the house. And the person who read this and marked it funny might have seen this episode of the Wayans Brothers, um, where they put uh, White Mike in charge of Pop's restaurant, um, and he's like in disbelief because all they do is poke fun at him, calling him names like Milkum X and Fire Leprechaun and things like that. <laughs> um, so there's this long thing where they're saying, uh, "You the man Niger, you demand Niger." Pretty uh, essential scene in the um, uh, annals of Wayne's Brothers comedy. Oh. Wow. So
3: maybe we can find a clip. We can link
2: it <laughs> on our Twitter feed. It, it's a date. All right. Uh, so we'll be back in a in a second with our um, review of the restaurant. So we attended uh, the farmhouse in Burlington, Vermont, for lunch on a Friday. I believe we arrived just before noon. We attended with two other people uh, and were seated immediately.
3: And in contrast to Maria O, they did seat three of us before the fourth person arrived.
2: Oh, yeah. Because
3: my mom had to park the car.
2: And we, we decided to eat indoors. I think we were given... Actually, I don't think we would have been able to get an outdoor seat without a wait. Um, we actually sat indoors on uh, at a table that was... Uh, Adjacent to just like a giant open air window, so even though we were, it was like best of both worlds. I have sometimes issues with eating outside when the wind grabs your napkin or things like that. So we were getting a nice breeze from outside and even a little bit of sun, um, but we're out. We were really inside, um, which was nice.
3: Yeah, it was the best of both worlds. I enjoyed it. So the the food at the farmhouse tap and grill is. Um, described as not only a tap and grill, but a gastropub on their website, if that gives you an idea of the type of food on the menu there. Um, the most important thing, uh, to them is locally sourcing a lot of food from Vermont. And a lot of that, a lot of their food includes really beautiful fresh produce and, and locally sourced meats and cheeses. And when a restaurant has locally sourced meats and cheeses, I am there. So, um, we all started off with some beverages. Um, the apple-carrot ginger juice, which was apparently juiced in-house. Uh, my, my parents both got that and loved it. My mom did the amazing combination of apple-carrot ginger juice and a beer. So, kudos <laughs> to my mom for a classic lunch combination. Um, I also got a fresh-squeezed fresh OJ, which is a little bit of a... Treat for me, and I loved it. It was so delicious and, and sweet.
2: I, I will interject that uh, I am somebody who um, I I'm not big into the orange juice crowd, uh, and I did have a severe orange juice, and it was amazing.
3: Yeah, because fresh squeezed orange juice is a totally different thing.
2: But it was like good. It was like probably some specifically picked oranges that were freshly squeezed.
3: Yeah, and the apple carrot ginger juice. I chas- I tasted my uh, my parents. It was super good. It was so good that my dad wondered if they had put ginger beer <laughs> in it which I didn't think they would do as that would be sort of leading people astray. It was really just fresh ginger. It was, it was a high compliment.
2: So delicious.
3: It was. My dad's favorite beverage is ginger beer so he was thrilled. Anyway, um, we, for our meal we all split the cheese board which had four beautiful, incredible local cheeses um, and some accoutrement as well.
2: Think it was apple butter.
3: Yes, apple butter. And maybe honey, too. There
2: might have been some honey yeah. as well.
3: Um, we had a starter, which was listed on the menu as Jericho Settlers Farm potatoes. And the potatoes were arranged, um, on the plate with some sort of decorative bits of bacon, uh, pieces of turnip, pickled mustard seeds, a little creme fresh and chives, um, the flavors all went really well together, but I actually felt like there was a little too much potato, and the potato was kind of heavy and not very seasoned. It was it was not my favorite. I pretty much wanted to eat everything else on the plate in a big spoonful. Mm. Potatoes were, were pretty good.
2: And I'm going to interject here. I mean, a, a big... Uh, so we're going to put some uh, info out there. Melissa, my uh, wonderful co-host, is an amazing chef. And often when we go out to eat... One of my biggest issues with a restaurant is um, if I don't think it's as good as what I'm getting at home, it kind of defeats its purpose, even though that's a a high bar um, to hit. And um, I definitely thought that potato dish was not as good as your potato salad and some, you know, it was roughly a potato salad in terms of what it was. And it was good. There was, I mean, it was a very tasty dish. But it just wasn't that good. And
3: we didn't finish it, which is the telltale sign. Exactly. We did have a lot of food,
2: but... We did have a lot of food, but... And just
3: to clarify, I'm not actually a chef, but I like to think of myself (laughs) as one when I'm cooking at home, and Kevin is very flattering to me. Um, So, for our meals, I had the BLT, which is made from house-cured bacon. Uh, They put arugula on there as the L component. Loved that. Uh, Local tomatoes aioli, and, um, some really yummy locally baked bread. B-A-T. B-A-T, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, if you called it that, though, I would assume it was avocado and I would have been kind of let down. That's but arugula good. is also a delicious food that starts with A.
0: Yeah.
3: And then Kevin had the La Platte River Angus Farm Beef Burger, also featuring that same house-cured bacon, arugula, and then this had Cabot Cheddar, a local product, and some grilled onions.
2: Which were really good. Yeah, I think um, one of the nice things about Farmhouse, too, is they make a really good French fry. And I'm somebody that, if French fries are good, I want to eat them all. And if they're not, I'll probably still eat them all. But um, just not enjoy the process as much. Um, So their French fries were incredibly good. And they also bring out an array of uh, four house-made condiments, uh, which I believe are um, ketchup, mustard hot sauce and a um aioli which i think is a garlic aioli and um i tried uh the three that weren't mustard with the french fries and they all went perfect so um yeah i mean sometimes i go out even and get things that are supposed to be like these all-star fries that are duck fat and like sometimes they're good some nights and not good other nights but um, I was pleasantly surprised. The last few times I've been there, I've got every time I go, I think I'm going to get a house salad, and then I get fries, and they're really good.
3: I did get the house salad, and it was really yummy, and it had an ingredient in it that you don't usually see in just a little side salad at a restaurant. It had some beets in it. That was uh, sort of a pleasant surprise.
2: This is one of our, um, we're going to break this down in the future as a um, separate clip called Melissa Figures Out What's in the Salad. Any ingredient <laughs> that's ever been put in one of your salads, you know what it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know. Yeah. Every once in a while, I see something, and it's it as like a garnish, and I just think it's like a yeah. stick from outside. I something.
3: think identifying the turnips in the potato dish was another example of this.
2: Exactly. Um,
3: I think worth noting is that the portion sizes at farmhouse are very generous. Yeah, And it's not one of those places... I mean, they, the prices are pretty up there, but I think you really get a lot of food for what you're paying for, and you know that it's locally sourced, and that it's really, really high quality. Um, my mother and I both got the BLT. Turned out we probably could have split one, mm-hmm. um, but a leftover half of BLT is not the worst problem to have. We took it home, and I was very happy with that.
2: I'm going to throw it out there. Um the the farmhouse is pricey um, yeah and you can yeah. expect to spend if i had to guess i would say you're gonna spend around forty dollars a person um of course and we
3: were there at lunch
2: yeah yeah we did have some drinks including a great deal of like fresh squeezed juice um, yes but but the farm you're not gonna go you know the farmhouse is below a super fancy place in terms of price but it's pretty close and if you go and you get a couple appetizers and and everybody has a couple drinks like I would guess if you and I went by ourselves I wouldn't be shocked if the bill was a hundred dollars
3: yeah and I think thinking about it carefully now we realizing how big the portion sizes are we probably could be a little more economical in our ordering we could split some more things we didn't really need an appetizer in addition to the cheese plate uh and one thing that We did do was order the half-size juices. My mom had a half-size beer. So you can taste a lot of different things, which is the most important thing to me, without getting as much food as the full-size orders. Uh, And that can help you save a few bucks.
2: Agreed. Uh, I guess this would be a good time to talk again about beer. Um, I believe... I didn't count exactly, but um, the farmhouse has also roughly like 16 to 20 taps. They have 24 taps, my, um, my staff tells me, in my earpiece. Um, just running down, I think uh, with each place from here on out, I'm going to do a top 10. Um, so the top two beers, two of the top, there's 300 beers. Two of them are in cans at the farmhouse, which are both from the Alchemist, Heavy Topper, and Focal Banger.
3: That's three beers that rate as 100, not 300
2: beers. Correct. That's three <laughs> 100 beers. Uh, and th- and that's by the Beer Advocate scale. And, and to refresh your memory, uh, if you want to go by what your dad's favorite beer is, uh, Stella Artois is a 71 on there. So, um, so that would actually have been the worst beer at the farmhouse, according to these people. But the three beers, again, that ranked 100 are the Alchemist Heady Topper and the Alchemist Focal Banger, both in cans. Um, those 16-ounce cans, I believe, were $7 each, which sounds expensive, but those beers retail in stores for between 3 and $4. Uh, the third beer, which is on draft, is uh, Lawson's uh, Sip of Sunshine, uh, which is a wonderful beer. Um, And I believe all three of those beers are top 30 beers in the world.
3: And really hard to get your hands on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, basically our first two episodes, those beers have been available. But this is, uh, if anyone's into statistics, this has a lot to do with B causing A and not A causing B. Like, we're at these restaurants because those beers are there. It's not like they're available anywhere. Uh, The 4th best beer and the 5th best beer are both from Hill Farmstead Brewery, which is Edward, ranked a 98, and The Conduct of Life, ranked as a 94. Uh, I will mention at this time that these taps uh, rotate heavily, so uh, this is what was here that day. And you should expect a similar level of quality, but these beers won't necessarily be there.
3: And they do say they always have Hill Farmstead on tap.
2: That is correct. Uh, the sixth beer, I actually wish I had tried it, is an IPA from Lost Nation called Mosaic, a 93, uh, and tied for six, Allagash White at 93. Um, number eight, tied for number eight, would be Stone Smoked Porter and Goose Island's Matilda at 90, or as Ben Stiller would say, Matilda. Uh, and the 10th beer, I guess it would be tied with those two as well, uh, Burlington Beer Company's Light in the Window. Um, when I was there, I had a Focal Banger and a sip of Sunshine. Um, I would not recommend driving home after drinking those two, which I did not. Um, and they were both wonderful. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the type of place you go to. Um, the beer, every time you go there, the beer, you're going to have... Options of amazing beer that you've had and amazing beer that you have not had. So um, basically, uh, a special place for having a beer. Yeah. Anything else for our review?
3: I think that's it. Coming up, we'll give you a rating.
2: Actually, of... I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple other things before we go. One, uh, I, I find the atmosphere and the lighting in the farmhouse to be really nice.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, the beer garden is also um,
3: amazing.
2: Amazing. We didn't go this
3: time, uh, but we've sat out there before, and it's just the Vermont in the summer in the sunshine is basically all you could ever
2: really want. Yeah, and we've uh, I think two times we've ended up in the downstairs parlor, which they have this whole cool like secret entrance thing kind of going on. It's fine. I mean, basically, you typically want to like wait down there while you're waiting for your table, um, but like great atmosphere um, as well as. Uh, For a place that's in a major city, and I guess in in Vermont you would consider Burlington like the major city, Um, very easy to park um, near there. We would, uh, our one tip we could do is don't drive across Church Street. Uh, It's a pedestrian crossing, uh, and sometimes you could honestly be there for a few minutes. Um, I would recommend parking in the garage or parking in front of, what's the uh, pharmacy there? Rite Aid?
3: Yeah, Rite Aid. Um,
2: where there's some meters that are usually open because many people are scared away by the uh, homeless people standing out front who are incredibly nice and not a problem. So, um, But yeah, alright, so as you were saying before I interrupted.
3: Alright, coming up we will give you our rating of the Farmhouse Tap and Grill and our verdict on whether or not Maria O is in fact an asshole. But first, our top five for this week.
2: We are here with our meta podcast within a podcast. Our top five this week. Um, Maybe, spent. we promise we'll talk about other things in the future, but we are going to do our top five Vermont brewed beers. Uh, We're going to start with Melissa first, and I'm going to count her in for each choice. Number five.
3: You know what? controversial opinion I think we should start at the top with one and two because I bet that we have the same one and two and then it'll get interesting
2: alright go ahead number one
3: Hetty Topper
2: yeah it's Hetty Topper Um,
3: for both of us right?
2: agreed yeah Yeah.
3: made by the Alchemist Brewery in Waterbury
2: so um, this is what I can say about my experience with Hetty Topper when you try one it's uh, oh man it is a really good beer it's floral the smell is amazing. It's
3: the most drinkable IPA you could imagine so a lot of people who think they don't like IPAs still love Hetty topper because it's so light and fresh and it does not taste very bitter
2: And this is my classic story I can tell that's happened on three separate occasions I've had I've brought someone a to Hetty topper who has said I don't like hype I've heard so much about this beer like I'm just disappointed. That it can't live up to the hype of what I've heard about it. They opened it, took a sip, and was like, whoa, that's much better than I could have ever imagined. Um, and uh, I also, uh, this is um, one of the most first world things that's ever happened to me. I had the, uh, 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 I was able once to have a Heady Topper and a Pliny in the same day.
3: Ooh.
2: Two days in a row. And uh, I think there's no competition, personally. Wow.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're both rating this at number one. We certainly realize that we are not original. This is considered to be one of the best beers in the world by most people who care about beer. So we're getting it out of the way to begin with, because it's kind of a given.
2: And they keep making more, and it's not easier to find. No. Back in the day, you used to be able to go to the cannery and buy a couple cases after waiting in line for a little bit. Um, Now you got to get it through stores, and basically, I believe there's even... Either a website or an app called...
3: Heading Topper Finder or something like that.
2: It's something clever, though, but you can... Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you try hard, you can find it when you're up there. All right, so number two.
3: All right. Uh, for my number two, uh, and I'm going to suspect that this was the same as yours, I'm choosing Lost in Finest Liquids, uh, either Sip of Sunshine or Double Sunshine, which, my understanding is correct me if I'm wrong that they're the same recipe but that they are produced at two different locations, so they give them slightly different
2: names. That's my understanding as well. Uh, basically, uh, the Hill Farmstead facility is like incredibly small. Lawson's. The facility. Lawson's facility is incredibly small, and whoever Lawson is is amazing because he makes this perfect beer basically out of his house, is what I've been told. And uh, the Sip of Sunshine, I like, think, is made at two roads in Connecticut or at one of the Connecticut breweries um, yeah it's it's a must drink if you see it on the menu if that and Hetty Topper are on the menu you should ask your wife to drive you home because you have <laughs> both
3: <laughs> yeah so that was my number two those two were just a given so that was your number two as well yeah, yeah.
2: so we're alright we're gonna go um, let's alternate back and forth so we'll go with okay. your number three all first right. actually no let's go your three four and five go number okay. three now
3: number three is made uh, by Fiddlehead Brewing in Shelburne, Vermont, a really beautiful place. Um, it is not their most famous beer, but it is my favorite beer, and it's called Hodad. Oh,
2: And it Ho is Dad.
3: a coconut porter. I love it. I think it tastes like dessert in a can. Um, and I just, I, I, I love porters for maybe half the year. I don't drink it too much in the summer, but... I think this is the best example of a porter that you could have.
2: First of all, I'm going to say a great choice, because I didn't even think of it. Um, I I did not pick a Fiddlehead beer um, for my top five, but I will tell you this. Uh, Fiddlehead, one, has um, a, a very attractive brewery. Uh, two, the same woman is always working behind the register, and she's very nice and helpful. Um, and... Um, I enjoy not only Hodad, but they make a 99 Beer Advocate beer called Second Fiddle, which is very hard to find. Um, It would fall... I mean, I love the beer. I don't know how high it would be on my Vermont rankings. It's really good. They also make a incredibly hoppy brown ale called... uh, And I'm going to do it like the newscasters do it. Tejas Marron. um, Which I... I liked, which I guess not everybody loves, but I actually do I really liked it, too. Um, so, yes. Uh, the other thing is if you travel out to Shelburne to go to um, Fiddlehead, <clears throat> that's God's country there. Beautiful area. Uh, there's a winery across the street.
3: Uh, Pizza and, place next door.
2: Yeah, which is very good.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah that's it's... a real destination if you want to round out your weekend.
2: And if you go the right day, you might see us there.
3: Yes. So the Ho Dad, when you can get it, is available in cans. Uh, I love it.
2: All right. Let's go with your uh, number four.
3: Okay. So for four and five, things sort of became a little bit of a blur of amazing Vermont IPAs. So many Vermont IPAs from Hill Farmstead. Um, And I had to go back to the data. So I looked at my untapped ratings.
2: That's why they have it. Yep. And for science. I,
3: for science, mm-hmm. science let me know that I have two Hill Farmstead IPAs that I rated as perfect fives wow. on Untappd. And I'm going to go ahead and, and rank one above the other, but they're very close. Okay. Um, I would say that my number four, uh, which I drank last summer, apparently, uh, was <laughs> called Society and Solitude. And they had a whole variety of these. This one was number five. Um, I drank it at the actually i don't remember where i drank it i drank it in vermont somewhere Mm -hmm. it was so delicious i remember thinking that it was super drinkable um definitely my one of my favorite uh hill farmstead beers that i've had uh and then after that was also another hill farmstead ipa my number five uh abner
2: okay so i'm actually going to talk a little more about hill farmstead in a second but i'm going to go through my list um Which at number three, I actually had uh, an Alchemist beer, Focal Banger, um, which I really enjoy. There's something about um, the smoothness of Alchemist beers that just really works for me. Um, And that's why uh, I'll talk about that in a second too, but let's talk about Hill Farmstead. So number four, I picked uh, Ephraim, which is a double IPA from Hill Farmstead, and Here's what I can tell you about Hill Farmstead Even though they had one beer Crack my top 5 at number 4 I would without hesitation um, I don't know Maybe with some hesitation Basically I'm in love with the Alchemist Brewery And Hill Farmstead Brewery And here's the issue with rating Hill Farmstead beers Uh, You're not going to go to the store And find a 6 pack of anything You're going to drink all of their beer on tap uh, or out of growlers, and a lot of times it's like clustered. Like most of the Hill Farmstead we have is in an event that we go to where there's a ton of Hill Farmstead stuff. Also, when you go up to the brewery, you might fill like six growlers and then drink nothing but Hill Farmstead for a week.
3: Or buy some bottles. They do have limited release yeah. bottles.
2: But what happens is in your head, you, you don't have a, as much of a distinction between all the beers in your head. So I can tell you they are Ephraim, Edward, Society in Solitude, all these beers are, excuse me, essentially perfect. And almost, not almost, I would say a majority of their available beer is a Pale Ale, an IPA, or a Double IPA.
3: And I just checked, both of those ones that I named were listed as Double slash Imperial IPAs. Okay.
2: So, what I, I guess my moral of the story is, even though I have one Hill Farmstead beer in my top five, If I were to do my top 50, there would be, like, 44 Mm -hmm. Hill Farmstead beers. So, uh, it's just, the issue is more with the reviewer of me in terms of my, like, note-taking and recollection of these beers. So, basically, if, you know, uh, if Sean Hill, the brewer of Hill Farmstead, listens to this, which he's not going to.
3: He's totally listening right now. Because he's
2: very busy. But, um, I would say, my ranking means nothing. All your beers are Perfect. Anyone who's listening to this should buy and drink any Hill Farmstead beer they see or Alchemist or Lawson's.
3: And visit the Hill Farmstead Brewery in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. Absolutely gorgeous setting where you can see the beautiful countryside in the way. And then check out their really cool brewery and uh, sipping area that they have up there.
2: And uh, to finish off my top five. Number five, I have another beer from the Alchemist. Which kind of makes me feel funny. After all that Wonderful stuff I said about Hill Farmstead But we were at a wedding the other day I went deep in the cellar And found some cans of uh, Their Russian Imperial Stout Called Luscious That we had bought And that thing was amazing I don't know if you had any the other day Not
3: the other day, no, but I remember it Super powerful
2: Super powerful, but very smooth Like a stout shouldn't be this smooth Um, so, uh The funny thing is, uh I'm forgetting the name. The Alchemist has a couple other beers that have recently come out. Um, Melissa might check for those real quick. Um, The Crusher? Yeah, uh, the one... I don't think I've had the Crusher um, from the Alchemist. Melissa
3: gets a 100 rating. Yeah,
2: I mean... In this podcast, we've done almost nothing but Hype Vermont beer, but... If you, if you were to look at like a worldwide list, you would be like, oh, this, this doesn't make any sense that so many of these perfect beers are from a state that I believe has 600,000 people. doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah, earlier you said, what is in the water up there? And yeah. really, there might just be something in the water.
2: Yeah, the other idea I've thrown out, which I think is probably true... Is that maybe the the brewers have been like Maybe putting like opium in the beer
0: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And
2: if so, I say um, Keep up the good work <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I think that's it for top five And we'll be back um, With our reviews of the farmhouse And um, our decision on whether Our reviewer, Maria O If O is her real last name Whether she's an asshole or not Be back. Alright, we're back on the Food Feud podcast and we're going to give you our star rating. Uh, In this disclaimer, it is important for you to know that our star rating will go from zero stars for the world's worst restaurant to five stars for the world's best restaurant. We can give four stars or 4.5 stars or 4.187 stars. We can rate it however we want. Anyone who learned about decimals in high school, uh, you know, we don't need to stay on the quarter star, or the half star, or the whole star, like Star Search. No, they used to do quarters, I think.
3: I think I, I, think I might have mostly missed that, but Yeah, you're older than I am. Yeah,
2: it wasn't a really good show. <laughs> I think Timberlake did a stint I on think there.
3: Christina Aguilera was on it, actually.
2: Everyone who's anyone...
3: You know, Everyone who was on the Mickey Mouse Club.
2: I think Sinbad had to be on there.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to look at all yeah. this on YouTube after we're done with this podcast. If anyone
2: wants to give me a gift, I uh, share a birthday with Sinbad. It's very important. And Kendrick Perkins.
3: You lucky dog. <laughs> I share a birthday with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Anyway.
2: Well done. All right. Do you want to review first yeah. or do you want me to?
3: I'm going to go ahead and tell you that for the Farmhouse Taff and Grill, I decided on a rating of... Okay. Now, this is an amazing restaurant. It is one of my favorite restaurants. However, when we're looking at world's worst to world's best, I I needed to knock off a couple tenths of a point because I kind of sympathize with Maria on the waiting situation. I really wish they took reservations. Mm. I think that's part of the coolness factor. We are always agreeable to go get some drinks from the bar which Mm -hmm. she was not apparently trying to do on her visit Um, but waiting can be kind of tough and especially with so little understanding of how long it's going to be but I have never had any issues with the employees there Um, I think the food is phenomenal um, but a a little on the pricier side definitely only go I only go there when I'm willing to shell out the cash So yeah, 4.6 for the Farmhouse
2: Alright, so I'm going to throw out my reviewing And my guess is as the show progresses You'll see I'm kind of liberal with my rating uh, But I'm going to give it 4.80 stars Also known as 4.8 So basically um, I I think Farmhouse is essentially a perfect restaurant And to uh, address one of Maria's claims I actually think They've done amazing things to address their wait. So, for one, we actually don't, we somehow get in there without waiting too long when we usually go. But they, um, there's, the bar is never packed. Um, the beer garden could, could fit a hundred people. Um, and then at their busiest time, which I think is the winter, they have that parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, So even if you have to wait there It's another one of those places Like you might have to wait and have a drink But oh by the way We have 10 beers that are 90 or above um, And our place is generally comfortable So you're probably thinking to yourself uh, Why 4.80? Or you're thinking like Oh shit I missed my turn Because you're listening in the car But 4.80 Because the only thing I can take away from this place Is the price It's pricey Um, like one of our relatives said something about like $19 hamburgers Yeah, I don't think the burger is $19
3: and actually Maria didn't talk about the food in her review because she didn't get that far (laughs) but if you do peruse their general Yelp reviews maybe like one out of two people mentions the $19 hamburger (laughs) if people really have a bone to pick with it I hope that they order it to find out that it is really phenomenal But yeah, that's a that's a real tough sell for a hamburger. And
2: but we always bring
3: generally things are pretty pricey.
2: Yeah, we always bring up a stat, which I think is like um, something like Europe spends
3: thirty percent of their income
2: on food. Yeah, we spend like five percent. And you know, like I I bet you the farmhouse could offer us a seven dollar hamburger, but it wouldn't be made from like locally raised cows with local cheese and produce and and you
3: can get yourself a seven dollar hamburger a lot of places
2: that's true feels like an arby's night uh all right let's um continue right on to the question that's been keeping people glued to their seats or wearing their bluetooth headphones in the supermarket is maria O an asshole um and i think i'm gonna go first okay um there's something about that review that it's almost like all the words in the review or like all the ideas she's mad about make would make me upset as a food service employee, but I just don't feel she's an asshole. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I feel like maybe she was cranky. Like maybe she had a sprained ankle and her sprained ankle hurt. Um, and again, she did what we thought was the right thing. She, she didn't sit through her meal and and passive-aggressively, you know, poke at the waitress or the waiter. Or
3: leave a bad tip or, or something. Or leave
2: a bad tip or no tip. She left. She wrote a review, which I think most people who write reviews like that, even the people who seem out of their mind, do it often as a public service. Not always. Some people just want to be crazy. Um, but it, it seems like she was... I. And here's the other thing I thought. I kind of think if the host had not stuck out her tongue, that review might have never happened.
3: I totally agree. I think that was the only reason that she wrote the review. Yeah. And I agree. I did not think that Maria O, upon reflection, was an asshole. No. Which I expected to, actually, going <laughs> in. When I briefly glanced over this review and I saw something about somebody sticking their tongue out at someone else, I was pretty sure it's someone in the story was an asshole, and it was probably Maria. Um, but... I guess not. As as I guess I got to know the story a little bit better, um, I just so you know, I did look a little bit into Maria's Yelp uh, review history. Yeah. She reviewed only one other restaurant, and it was on the same day.
2: Oh, so she probably left. And clearly, there.
3: from the same trip, because yeah. apparently she's not from the area, um, and she gave a really glowing review of oh. the other place. Probably because she was so she was really highlighting the contrast between the two. She was so. Pissed at the farmhouse that she went to this other place and was thrilled that they didn't stick their tongues out at her.
2: I'm very satisfied. We made the right decision. Yeah. You know, like sometimes when you're on a jury, like sometimes you let someone off that you think might be guilty, or you convict someone that you're not sure about. I actually feel like
0: I'll Justice sleep has well been tonight. You know, yeah, I agree. Um,
2: and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think uh, in general the staff there, like we've had nothing but positive. Um, experiences with. Uh, I even thought our waitress the other day was really good. She was, like, by the table, like, a hundred times. Yeah. We ordered things, like, whatever we wanted to. Um, but they do have, like, a lot of, like, young, hip people. And you figure, you know, every once in a while you might, might be someone who's not working there anymore.
3: I wonder what happened. So Maria said she wasn't able to speak with a manager. But I wonder if he got wind of any of this, if he read the review and if he followed up because it's possible that he that he dealt with this, and I do say he not for sexist reasons, but because I know that the manager there is a man, and I've seen him walking around. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps he took care of this. Maybe that, that hostess was sent elsewhere. I don't know. I'm hoping that she was. If that happened.
2: So I think we're through here, except we're going to have one more clip we're going to um, uh, add on to the end of these podcasts after we do our verdict called Round Out the Night. And, um, this is basically, if you go to the farmhouse, what do you want to do around there? So we'll be back in two seconds. with Round Out the Night. So, first of all, on Round Out the Night, um, if for some reason you go to the farmhouse and you can't get in, they actually have a sister restaurant about, uh, half a block down the street, um, which is a Mexican place called El Cortijo.
3: And what does El Cortijo mean, Kevin? It means
2: the farmhouse in Spanish. Oh. Yeah. I, uh i took spanish one for four years like most deafs said so um i strongly prefer the farmhouse to el cortijo but it is, it is solid and they will always have one or two really good beers on draft um also and we're not gonna even talk about this much because we're broken records but there is a ben and jerry's really close if yeah. you want to get dessert after um but the star of bank street uh in addition to the farmhouse is a record store right next door called Burlington Records. Um, I uh, say this at the um, fear of coming off like a hipster, um, but I've always been a vinyl collector uh, my whole life. I actually have like turntables and put records on them and play them. Um, The record store Burlington Records is amazing. Um, Not only do they have uh, a lot of like very desirable records at reasonable prices. Um, they do have bargain bins, which is what I like digging through to find good stuff at cheap prices. They also sell um, posters to um, like concerts, like when there was a you know blah 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 The Who in Burlington in 1977, and most of them are in amazing condition. Somebody they must have bought somebody's collection, but they're pretty cool to look at. Um, So I would highly recommend Burlington Records. I don't have the address. It is right next door to the farmhouse on Bank Street in Burlington. Uh, I would strongly suggest trying to strike up a conversation with the staff that work there. They're incredibly nice and interesting. Last time I was there, telling the story about how I think I met Meyer Hawthorne once. And the guy was actually interested in hearing it. So Burlington Records. Round out the night.
3: Reading by Emily Jean. You can find us on Twitter at Food Feud Podcast, email us at foodfoodpodcast at gmail.com, or visit us at podcast.com Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Next week, tune in when we talk about the clam box Ipswich, Massachusetts.